Welcome to the All About Alts podcast, where we explore the world of alternative investing to help you find financial independence. Join our host, Newview Trust's president, Jason DeBono, as he covers a variety of topics with different guest speakers to discuss tax and alternative investing strategies. It is never too late to start taking control of your financial future, and we are so excited for you to be joining us for this opportunity to hear from some of the best in the business. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the All About Alts podcast. I am your host, Jason DeBono. Good to be here today. Uh, really got a fun little episode for you. We know we spend a lot of time bringing in guests and we work really hard and tirelessly here to bring in the right people to help share stories and ideas and strategies so that we can deploy those in some way, shape or form as we go out on this wealth building journey. Um, but today we're going to do a solo podcast. You're going to hear just from me today. And I want to talk about something that over the last 19 years I've been in this business continues to be validated time and time again. And it's something that most people don't know enough about. Albert Einstein calls it the eighth wonder of the world, and that's compound interest. Now, we're going to talk about compound interest in a different context today because one of the things that we don't do enough is we don't really look at the wealthy and figure out how they got there. We chastise them, right? Because we think that they have all this money. And if we had all this money, we would do things differently. And maybe you're right. Maybe you're wrong. I don't know. That's up for each of us to decide. But one thing I can tell you is that the wealthy don't just look at return. And I think as individual retail day-to-day investors, that's what we look at. Hey, this can make 2%, 8%, 12%. This stock went up 400%. That property doubled in the last three years. Whatever that scenario is, we look at return. What the wealthy look at is what's the return and the tax benefit? And that's where Albert Einstein coined that eighth wonder of the world comment around compound interest is because compound interest is what actually drives the returns. So it's not 10%, it's actually keeping all 10%. So we're going to talk today about three different buckets of money that you will accumulate over your lifetime. And I hope sincerely that you have money in all three buckets. The first one is what we call our after-tax money. This is our money. This is money that we earn through our paychecks. This is money that we pay taxes on. And this is money that we keep in a variety of bank accounts or wherever we may choose to invest it. Now, unfortunately for most of us, most Americans, we spend it. But for those that are wise enough to save more than they spend, you're accumulating it. Now, this is kind of the easiest bucket of money to work with. It has the least amount of rules attached to it. You can do with it as you please. And every April 15th, you reconcile what you did with those dollars with Uncle Sam. So what does that mean? It means that every investment that you made is taxed because it's after-tax money. It means that it is your money. Now, I know we say after-tax when we talk about Roth accounts. We're going to touch on that. But this is just your everyday money. The drawback is it's taxable all the time. So if you have a 1000 bucks in a savings account and it yields you 5% and you make 50 bucks for the year, guess what? You will get a 1099 that says you made 50 bucks and you will report that $50 as earned income for the year, less than one year, and you will pay ordinary income tax rates on it. If you made an investment that was long-term, more than 12 months, same scenario, 1000 bucks, you earn 50, you will report that 50 bucks as 1099 income, but instead you will pay long-term capital gain rates on it. So this is money that we've earned. It's money that we put in our accounts, whatever those look like. It's money we haven't earmarked any differently. We haven't put it into a specified type of account. We haven't designated it for retirement or designated into some sort of tax vehicle. 
We simply said, it's my money in my bank account. I'll do with it what I want. But as it earns money, I'm going to pay shorter long-term capital gain rates on that income. Pretty straightforward, pretty simple. Now, when you talk about your, your current regular money, right, our everyday capital, um, there's some strategies like 1031 exchanges if we, we own real estate to defer some taxes and some cool things that you can do. But ultimately, it's not tax driven. It's, it's your money free to do with it what you want. Hopefully we're spending less and saving more. Hopefully we're investing. But as you invest it, that money is taxable, shorter long-term capital gains. The second bucket of money that we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about pre-tax money and its value. And it is very, very valuable because it allows you to have for an extended period of time that compound growth. Now, the drawback to a pre-tax retirement account is that eventually you do have to pay Uncle Sam. Right. And so there's some logic there. Right. Which is your people believe. Right. And this is a school of thought that if you take five thousand dollars and contribute to your pre-tax IRA, you get a tax deduction on your five thousand bucks. So if you're in, let's just say the 30 percent tax bracket, you get 30 percent discount on the five thousand bucks. It saves you fifteen hundred or so dollars, maybe seventeen hundred bucks. Now, let's fast forward and take that to the way that money works. So as I invest that $5,000 and grow it, let's look at the rule of 72. The rule of 72 says that if I take my rate of return over a period of time and divide it by 72, it will tell me how many periods it will take to double my money. So if I were to use 7% or 7.2 for simple math and divide that into 72, it will take 10 years. So if I take $5,000, 10 years from now at 7.2%, it'll be worth $10,000. And if I take the same 10,000 bucks and I invest it at 7.2% over the next 10 years, it will double again and it will become worth 20,000 bucks. So I started with five, 20 years later, I have 20. And that's kind of the simple rule of math and the rule of 72. If you're not using that mentally to kind of forecast return, great, great way to think about money. And it also, in my opinion, helps us think about money as it relates to time. Right. We all want to get rich quick. We all want to make money overnight. But the reality is we don't. All right. That's just not how the real world actually works. And so understanding that it's OK for my money to double every 10 years. But if I want it to make more money, I need more doubling periods. So the value is not making more return. That's important. But sometimes more time can actually give me better value than better returns. Right. So something to think about. So coming back to this pre-tax account. So I've, I've taken five grand over 20 years, it's turned into 20 grand. Now I had a tax deduction on my 5,000 bucks, which is great, right? We talked about that, the 30% or $1,500 uh, that I saved on my taxes. That five grand has grown to 20 grand. And as I withdraw it, I got to pay Uncle Sam. So maybe I take five grand out a year for four years. Now I owe tax. So if I take five grand out, the question is, what's my tax bracket going to be? If I'm still in the 30% tax bracket, well, that's not ideal because I'm going to pay 1500 bucks year one. I'm going to take the next five grand out year two and pay another 15 and year three, another 15 and year four, another 1500. So I've ultimately paid $6,000 in taxes to save 1500 bucks. That usually doesn't make a lot of sense. But if I'm in a lower tax bracket, maybe 10% or 15% or maybe not paying much tax at all because I'm retired, I have very low income, now it can start to make sense because that five grand withdrawal only costs me a few hundred bucks in taxes each year. The other thing is I can stretch that $20,000 distribution over 10 years. 
right? And only take $2,000 a year. Now I'm using small numbers, but you can add zeros to make it make more sense. The math still uh, carries true. The thing I hate about pre-tax accounts, and, it, and I do like them, but the thing I hate about them is it's a little bit of a plan to fail for me. What I mean by that is why would I assume that my tax bracket will simply be lower when I retire? It's a little bit of a false prophecy, right? Why would I plan to fail? So you're suggesting that I'll have no income upon retirement and by def definition, my tax bracket will be lower. Where's the logic in that? Someone needs to help me understand how my income is going to be lower at retirement. I'm working on building passive income. I'm working on building opportunities so that my income stays the same because retirement for me is as soon as my passive income catches up to my active income. So I no longer have to trade labor for dollars. My investments work for them and they work for me. So if I if I play that scenario out, if I'm going to be in the 30% tax bracket today and the 30% tax bracket tomorrow, not assuming any rate hikes in taxes, which is plausible, why would I kick that can down the road? So I challenge each of you with pre-tax accounts to ask yourself, are you planning to fail? If you are building strategic investments, if you are being a good saver, if you are trying to get to a point where your passive income catches up to your active income, then I would suggest your income's not going to be lower at retirement. It may be the same or hopefully for everyone listening, higher. So I think we're kind of stuck in our old ways here. And I would challenge, again, all of us listening, are we thinking about this as the path of least resistance? right? Are we thinking about this as what benefits us today, not tomorrow? And this is where I struggle because what I end up seeing is I see people that say, oh, I want the tax deduction. And my question is why? We all want tax deductions. I want to pay as little tax as possible, but I don't want to do it if I'm paying more later. That's not smart. But most of us show up to our accountant's office right? We give our accountant whatever docs are requested and we say, you know, Mr. or Mrs. Accountant, save me as much money as you can on my taxes. What we don't license accountants to do is, Mr. or Mrs. Accountant, help me be strategic from a tax planning standpoint over the next 20 years. Totally different scenarios. Scenario A, you have just said, look no further than 12 months, look no further than this tax return, look no further than this tax return, and I want you to tell me how you're going to make that number as big as possible. When in reality, they may actually have better ideas, strategies, and goals for you, but you've just said nothing matters but today. And when we talk about money, it's not a today thing, right? It's a long-term game. Today we save, today we invest, today we save, today we invest, tomorrow we save, tomorrow we invest. Those are all things that hold true. But the way we do that today may be different than tomorrow. And the decisions we made today may be different tomorrow. And that's good. That's planning. That's strategy. Now, maybe we don't need to plan our, our monetary habits daily, but are we planning them monthly? Are we planning them annually? So don't ask your accountant to save you money. Ask your accountant to be a good steward of money as it relates to tax planning. Ask your accountant to help you think about money and taxes in a big picture, because I can assure you they have a handful of their clients, the wealthier ones that do approach it that way. And their advice, guidance and counsel is likely different than the advice, guidance and counsel that they're giving you because they're giving you what you asked for. 
right? That's something that you have to be mindful of. So when it comes to pre-tax accounts, I think it's important to save. I think it's important to save in a tax advantaged way. I think it's absolutely critical that, that we utilize these accounts and these tax tools to the greatest advantage that's available to us. However, what we can't do is we can't simply say, give me the deduction today, it benefits me, and I check the box that I'm saving and all is well. What we have to do is say, am I doing it the right way? And in a perfect scenario, that $1,500 that you save in your tax return this year for getting the deduction on that $5,000 contribution, it only makes sense to do it that way, in my opinion, if you also invest the $1,500. Take the $1,500 that you saved, put it into a separate account, even though it's in, in your taxable account, invest it, and over time, use that to offset your taxes. And that's a smart move. But nobody's doing that. We're using the $1,500 deduction, we're reducing our tax burden, and we're just giving ourselves more money to go spend. But the pre-tax makes sense if you double dip your savings, compound growth, and use the deduction and also add to your savings so you're saving more. But if you're simply saving five grand, whether it's taxed or not taxed, and that's the amount that you're saving, you're missing out on major opportunity. So we talked about kind of this taxable bucket of money we have, right? This is our personal funds. We talked about pre-tax accounts that says, hey, I'm going to earmark some of this money for retirement in this case, and I'm going to do it in a tax advantage manner. I'm going to get a deduction to do it, and I'm going to invest that money without any tax implications annually. And as I withdraw it, I'll ultimately pay the taxes down the road. Be aware of the, the, the uh, I'll be in a lower tax bracket when I retire, kind of this plan to fail prophecy. I'm not a fan of it. But I understand why people do it, because maybe they do have big tax bills and they need big tax deductions, and maybe they're using that money more efficiently to build a business, and it does matter. So if that's you, stick with the pre-tax. But if you're like probably 50, 60% of most Americans that are just dumping money into these pre-tax accounts because they like the idea and it sounds good, you're probably not thinking it through all the way. And I would encourage you to pause, reflect, and say, is there a better way to get there? And that's what we're talking about. It's just a more efficient vehicle. Same scenario, but more efficiency around the tax side. And that is the Roth IRA. To me, the Roth IRA is the greatest tax tool ever provided to the American public because it's available to all of us. We don't need to have a, a series of, of uh, accounting firms that are doing all this you know, incredible tax planning for us like some of the wealthy have. This is everyday, readily available stuff to every single person that has earned income. And that is the Roth IRA. And the Roth IRA is the greatest tool to allow you to pay Uncle Sam today and eliminate him from those dollars forever. And I hope everyone hears that. Pay Uncle Sam today and eliminate him from those dollars forever. So that means if I take a dollar and I put it into a Roth IRA today and it grows to a million dollars, I only had to pay tax on $1 and I get the entire million tax-free. So the other way I kind of analogize this is, do you want to pay tax on the seed or do you want to pay tax on the crop? And my, my feedback when people say, well, I'd rather pay it on the crop. And I say, well, you must be a terrible farmer. And they chuckle and say, well, what do you mean? It's because if you're a good farmer and that crop is going to grow, why would you ever want to pay on this large crop when they're giving you the opportunity to pay on the seed? That's the Roth tool. So when it comes to Roth IRAs, you are making a decision to pay Uncle Sam today. And then any dollars that come from the earnings of that, that dollar or, or money that you pay tax on, you can withdraw it once you reach retirement age of 59 and a half. 100% tax-free. Not tax-deferred, 
not paying later. So here's the scenarios I want you to think through. Do you want to pay tax today when you know the tax rate and you know that you're paying it on only the seed and not the crop? Or do you want to pay it in a pre-tax account where you're deferring it? So you know what your savings is today, but you don't know what your payment is tomorrow and you don't know how big your crop is. That's a lot of uncertainties. And I would rather be encouraged to grow that crop better then be discouraged to grow it because it's going to be taxable. So um, as you can tell, big advocate of the Roth IRA, guys, if you're not using this tool, I can't encourage you more to go out and figure out how to stuff as much money as you can into these Roths. We're going to touch briefly on some of the tax implications and, and some of the law changes uh, that have happened over time. But I want to paint a scenario, right? Because we got taxable money, pre-tax money, and tax-free money, which is our Roth. And I want to kind of walk you through a scenario. Uh, some of you have maybe heard me use this scenario over time uh, in different, different ways, but I'm going to highlight this and I'm going to paint the picture of how we think about money. And I want you to think about how you save. And I, I want to also say nothing that we talk today is about investing, right? Because this is its own independent decision and philosophy, which is where do I put my money and how do I make the best tax advantage plan? Step two is what do I put these buckets of money into? And hopefully you've got money in all three buckets, right? That's the best way to be. So let's talk through how compound interest works and let's talk about the difference between taxable uh, and compound growth or tax-free growth or tax-deferred growth. So I'm going to walk you through a scenario. There are three people, right? Person A, person B, person C. And all three of these people are the exact same mindset, exact same scenario. But all three have different advisors giving them advice. So the first person, right? And all three of these people are going to take $1, right? So I want us to, to everyone to kind of just walk through this scenario with me. We all have one buck in our pocket. We take $1 and we go and we invest it into something that doubles every year for the next 20 years. Now, obviously, that's a pretty extreme example, right? Nothing doubles every year uh, for 20 years. But walk me through this because this is the easiest way to take, take this scenario and really understand how it works. If I take $1 and I double it every day for a year and I pay tax on my earnings annually because I chose to buy this in my taxable bucket, this means that I have to pay Uncle Sam for it every year. And let's just assume for round numbers, I'm in the 25% tax bracket. If I take $1, it becomes $2. That's $1 of profit. I pay tax, which is 25% on my dollar of profit. I just lost a quarter, but I have $1.75 to reinvest. I put the $1.75 in year two, it turns into $3.50. I have $1.75 profit. I pay 25% of tax. You get the scenario and I carry that through for 20 years. 20 years from now, they're going to be sitting at a bar with their buddies and they're going to be bragging about the fact that they took $1 20 years ago and it became worth seventy-five dollars or $78,000 today. Now, that's a huge amount of money considering they only started with a dollar. Now, they pay tax every year on whatever they earn and they're talking and they're high-fiving and he's buying his friends around a drink saying, hey guys, this is so cool. I just turned a buck into seventy-five or 78000 bucks over the course of 20 years. And everyone's like, dude, this is awesome. You're a great investor. Way to go. Rah, rah, right? And that's scenario A. $1, 20 years, double every year, 25% tax rate. Somewhere in a little bit of a nicer place, there's this same person telling the exact same story, but the numbers are different. Now, here's why the numbers are different. Because that person took the dollar and put it into a traditional IRA first, and then doubled it every year for 20 years. 
So they got a tax deduction on their dollar, right? Maybe they got 15, 20 cents back. And then over the course of 20 years, they did not have to pay the 25% tax because it's deferred. So in that scenario, they, they made a dollar, right? $1 became two and they earned a dollar and they didn't have to pay the tax. So they had $2 to reinvest. Whereas remember the other guy at the other bar, he's only got a buck 75 to reinvest because he lost 25% of his earnings due to tax. This person sitting in a nicer restaurant, right? Wearing probably a nicer outfit, high-fiving the, the, this group of people saying, hey, I turned a buck into a million fifty, right? And everyone's like, holy cow, how in the world did you do that? So remember, same dollar, same 20 years, same investment doubling every year. But the only difference is that this person now is saying how because he put it in a pre-tax account, like a traditional IRA, and he didn't get hit with 25% tax year after year after year, stunting the growth, it grew to over a million bucks. So now ask yourself, who do you want to be? Do you want to be person A, which is the after-tax guy or girl, right? That simply turned a thousand or a buck into about 75 gram? Or do you want to do all the same exact thing, but just make one slight difference, right? Which is I'll put the dollar into a pre-tax IRA. And instead of only having 78,000, you now have a million fifty. Now I got to pay tax. So if I carry that out and maybe I'm in the 20% tax bracket, right? I'm going to lose a couple hundred thousand bucks as I slowly distribute it over time, but that's okay, right? I'm still going to end up close to a million bucks, 800,000 or so. This is amazing, right? All is well in the world. And look at this. I made 10 times more than my counterpart doing the exact same thing, just simply because I put it into a traditional IRA. And again, People are all like, holy cow, you're brilliant, you're a genius, you're a great investor, you did everything right. Yet, let's go a little further down the road to the country club or, or whatever is considered a nicer place than I just celebrated at. And there's somebody that's sitting in that room that did the same exact thing. They took a dollar, they doubled it every year for 20 years, and they did it in a tax advantage manner. But instead of putting in a pre-tax account, they put it into a Roth. And by putting it into a Roth, they now said, I'll pay you tax on my dollar, but that same million fifty so thousand bucks is 100% tax free. Not a million less taxes, tax free. So they're sitting around high fiving, saying, "Hey, down the road, there's someone that's that's laughing or that's celebrating 75 grand, right?" And everyone's laughing like, "Only 75 grand? That's a terrible thing." And then they're laughing at, "Yeah, what about the other guy or girl, right? In a nicer place, they got to close to a million in in return, but then they paid Uncle Sam a couple hundred grand and just watered down all their profits. Good, but they're not me. They didn't simply put it into a Roth and turn a thousand bucks into a million fifty." 100% tax-free. Oh, and by the way, I can keep investing that money 100% tax-free until I want to take it out. So I'm not penalized to keep it growing. I can double it again if that's so. If I so choose. I can take that money out whenever I want 100% tax-free. So if you look at these three scenarios and ask yourself, who do you want to be? What bucket of money do you want your dollar sitting in and how do you want the earnings to be treated over time? Because you work hard to save, right? You work hard to invest. Why not work hard by making some small decisions to use a Roth IRA and ensure that every dollar that you save and grow is tax-free from today forward? So if you have existing IRA money that's pre-tax, you can convert it to a Roth IRA. In fact, back in, in the 2000s, I think it was 2008, if I recall, the IRS removed the income restriction to convert to a Roth IRA. 
That means that everybody listening today, regardless of how much money you make, can take any pre-tax dollar or dollars, a dollar or a billion, and convert it to a Roth IRA. Now you got to pay tax in the year you convert it. So we're sitting in 2024. If I took 100 grand for my traditional IRA and converted it to a Roth IRA, I now have to pay tax on that 100 grand. But from today forward, that $100,000 grows 100% tax free. So I'm paying 25 grand if I'm in the 25% tax bracket for tax free growth. And a lot of people would say, why would I do that? And I would simply say, why wouldn't you do it? Because if you grow that 100 grand to a million bucks, you'll make way more than 25 grand and not paying taxes down the road than you would by making a million bucks taxable. Right. So it's not an easy decision because you got to write a check, but it is an easy decision if you crunch the numbers and you're a good investor of the dollars and you have a decent amount of time. The number will almost always play out for a Roth. If it doesn't, that's okay. Right. My philosophy on Roth IRAs is and Roth conversions is it's not a matter of if you should have a Roth, it's a matter of when. And I would encourage you every single year to sit down with your tax professional and evaluate your dollars and decide, should I convert them? Does this year make sense? Does this year make sense? And if all you think about is the cost, you will never think about the value because it's an investment, right? So invest in your future with a Roth IRA by paying that tax up front and giving yourself that tax-free growth opportunity and window. Um, I get a lot of questions on Roth IRAs that they're going away, that, that Congress and you know the government want to shut them down. And I'm here to tell you, with very few exceptions, they've only done nothing but encourage the Roth. And if you think about why, why do you think they like the Roth? Because you get their tax revenue today. You pay them taxes today. So not only have they removed the lid, not only have they made it easier to be in a Roth, not only have they increased right limits and all of these things, the any sort of things that have ever been proposed to do away with the Roth or anything that would propose putting caps on it have all been shot down, right? So what they're looking for is not Roth IRAs. They want to prevent abuse of Roth IRAs. And if you're not abusing it, this isn't something to worry about, right? I can't tell you what they'll do. I can just tell you what they've done. And all they've done is encourage Roths um, not do anything to actually prevent or prohibit them. Uh, the few pieces of legislation we've seen proposed in the House and other places uh, hasn't lasted very long as a result. So quick recap, you can save in your traditional taxable money. You can save in a pre-tax manner, which is traditional SEPs and simples, which also now have some Roth components too, which is super cool because of the Secure 2.0 Act. And then you have the Roth IRA, which in my opinion is the creme de la creme, the Cadillac of retirement accounts. Uh, it does cost you a little more money up front, but man, when you get to the end and all your money's tax-free, uh, it's one of the greatest tax tools that does exist. So um, my goal for all of you guys listening today is just simply to evaluate those buckets that you you have. Make sure you're talking and getting good, competent legal and tax counsel, uh, but also make sure that you're asking your tax professionals to give you guidance in the right way, which is license them to look at the big picture. Please don't pigeonhole them into just one year's picture and tell them to save you as much money. Uh, you're probably making some decisions that feel good in the short term, but likely aren't actually good uh, in the long term. So can't encourage you guys enough to uh, to think through the Roth IRA and uh, and use it as a tool. 
Hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast, kind of a short and sweet to the point, uh, but we've been getting a ton of messages from our listeners on different tax tools and, and why is one account better than the other. Uh, and hopefully I cleared the air a little bit uh, for you guys. As always, talk to your tax professionals. I can only speak in general terms. Money is personal and it is unique to you. And so make sure that you know what it means and how it works for you uh, and what makes the most sense for you and your family uh, as you guys plan. Looking forward to uh, next week's episode where we'll be back with guest speakers, uh, getting some more insights into strategies and tools for you to take this idea today of what bucket should your money be in. And uh, we'll continue in season two, bringing in these guest speakers to help you put that money to work and give you ideas to think through uh, and use as you build your individual investment strategy and wealth building goals. A couple other uh, just things as we close out today, uh, don't forget altscon.com, uh, which is the alts conference that we're hosting in October. It is going to be incredible. Two days of action-packed networking and guest speakers talking about ways to build wealth, build uh, a portfolio and do it in a tax advantage manner, all in the alternative realm, uh, ranging from real estate, which we talk a lot about on the show, to cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin, private lending and, and a variety of different things, as well as some good tax planning, some good due diligence. Uh, we've got some really great speakers uh, that we're super excited to, uh, to be bringing on for that. So check out altscon.com and we hope to see you there. Uh, if you can hit the like, share, subscribe button, uh, leave us a review, help us continue to build this community of people looking to invest, but not just invest, but to understand what's out there, build a good strategy and take advantage of the tax efficient tools that are provided to us every single day. So happy investing, everybody. And we'll see you guys next week on the All About Alts podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We hope the information within this podcast has given you the tools that you need to find your way to financial independence. We would love to partner with you on this journey. Text ALTS, that's A-L-T-S, to 407-708-1853 to learn more about how to get started today. Don't forget to follow us to make sure you don't miss a second of content, and we'll see you next week.